Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the latest episode of Queen City Roundup Podcast. We're finally back. Been uh, It's been a while. Uh, you know, life's gotten in the way and stuff. Back to school. That's Not the that y'all care about that, that we haven't done in a while. But other than that, how you doing, Matt? I mean, not that the people care about what we're doing anyway, because let's face it, you know, everyone's kind of going through their own stuff right now, especially mm-hmm. with the second wave. Uh, I don't know what the hell is going on, uh, but I guess now is a good time in the government's mind to open up casinos, even though the oh, cases yeah. reached a new high today. 700. We didn't get that back in April or May or you June. Know, it was. You know at- what's really sad is that this is the lowest. Like this is our highest number, and like if you look at a state like New York, this is like one of the lowest numbers they'll get on average in a day, which is really putting stuff into perspective. It's crazy. It's unprecedented times, which I think we've said every single episode since the pandemic hit. I'm pretty uh, sure it started like two weeks before that pen- the pandemic or something. Yeah. Uh, we don't our, have many pre-pandemic episodes. One, the first one that we recorded was the uh, the David Ayers game, the aftermath yes. of that. That was our inaugural show, and then of course the world was just like, yeah, so you know you guys started this whole, uh, this whole podcast thing. Uh, yeah, no. And then just put the kibosh on that. But remember, we had one episode where we just talked about concerts that we went to. Just yeah, we talked stories. about concerts and we talked about uh, what was the one artist that you said would fling uh, fecal matter at people. Oh, yes. Gigi Allen. Yes, that was an yes. interesting oh, episode. That was fun. Mm. I feel like we're going to get more episodes of that as everything wraps up. Now, before we get into today's content, I want to plug. A, uh, a local uh, charity that I am involved with uh, is called the Isolation Run Movement. So uh, just the background of what it is, uh, it was created right around the, a month or two after the pandemic hit. Uh, it was designed to help raise money for healthcare workers all across Canada and basically to promote healthy, active living without using any motor skills or any things involving motors. I completely botched that, but whatever. Um, so uh, I encourage all of our Canadian listeners and even American listeners, if you have uh, any Canadian relatives that uh, are helping this cause, please donate to them. If you want to register, I will tweet out the uh, our Twitter page and our website on our, our Queen City Twitter. Uh, I encourage everybody to help just because uh, it's for a good cause. It's for helping healthcare workers and... You know, any chance that you can do anything good, especially during these unprecedented times, which you're going to end up saying that line a lot, um, but anything will help. Uh, I really appreciate it. And this is something kind of close to everybody, just because COVID's affecting not just Canadians, Americans, Europeans, uh, members of the United Kingdom, you know, so on and so forth. It's a global thing, so any any little thing helps. So uh, with that plug out of the way, uh, let's dive into some topics. You know uh, what? Uh, or Matt, do you want to plug something else as well? Uh, no, I'll do that after. Um, I just want to say I'm feeling pretty good. I don't know why. 
Oh, uh, I think I have a funny feeling what's coming next, but uh, you're going to go ahead and uh, do you want to tell the story? Uh, no, I'm just going to say I'm feeling pretty good because we're going to be seeing uh, playoff baseball again here in the city. In, oh. in the city, I say it with quotations around it. Yeah, it, it kind of sucks just because like you look at what we had four or five years ago with um, with the playoffs back in the day. And uh, obviously, it was. It's not gonna be as good as it was in fifteen, sixteen, which objectively, I don't know. I think fifteen was better, just because like it was the first time. Fifteen was a better team too. It was, yeah. Uh, sixteen was just as good, um, but there were some some moves that were a little. Sixteen, iffy. we got our asses handed to us by the Indians in the ALCS. And we wanted to play Cleveland too, which was really surprising. I remember that season, like the ending of that season was a nightmare. We had a terrible September. Yeah. We, were, we should would, have won the division that year, but we ended up having to go for a wild card because we just did terrible. Like we were horrible in September. Were the Blue Jays in 2016 what the White Sox were like the last two weeks of the season? Because yeah. holy shit, man. They really botched it. They lost like... I'm, I'm, I'm just... pretty sure there was one day where like... Everybody that that had to win won, and the White Sox lost, and they dropped like four places. And I swear, in like one or two days, it was crazy. Yeah, their month of September, they're 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 split. They went, they won a, they won five nothing against the Reds. Then dropped one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. They dropped eight of their last nine, Oof. and they're still in the playoffs. Yeah, you definitely don't want to go into the playoffs like that. Or maybe you do just throw off uh, a bunch of a bunch of teams. Get your get your shitty play out of the way. Is that what that strategy is? I guess so. Um, let's uh, let's dive into this. Uh, so, do we want to go with every playoff series individually, or do we want to just talk about the Jays going up against Tampa? I say we talk about the Jays, and then we just do. Little quick predictions for each series. Uh, now we've had conversations with with our buddy Cole, who's uh, a Tigers fan. Who shout out takes from the nosebleeds. Which was funny because I remember at the deadline we were talking about you know oh Cole like the Tigers they might buy, like they might buy at the deadline and then they're just <laughs> like yeah no we're not buying at the deadline. There was a period of time. It was last week. There was like six days left of the season, and the Tigers were both in could have still made the playoffs or got the second overall pick in the in the draft. And I think they got the latter of that, didn't they? Or or I think No, they picking... got some something in between. Yeah, oh yeah, they're picking like I think what third or fourth cuz like yeah. the Pirates are picking first. Then it goes I did not Rangers. expect the Pirates to be that bad. Oh, I expected them to be probably the worst team in baseball. Just because like they basically had no more star power. I just um, thought the Orioles would still be the worst team in baseball. So, uh, before we get to the Jays, can we just shout out the Houston Astros for being the Montreal Canadiens um, of MLB, where apparently if you go under 500 or, you know, a game or two under 500, you still make the playoffs, which I'm also going to show you. They were 29 and 31. Which so were the Milwaukee Brewers, who also made the playoffs, because logic. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what's going to happen when you expand the playoffs. But here's the thing. I feel like... It's not fair for a team like the Blue Jays, who finished with a decent, were they 32 and 28? 
Which is respectable and be the last seed. And then you have Houston, like, ranked above them. Which I I don't know. I feel like they should have that format of the wild card and all that. But then once the playoffs start, you do a re-rank. Yeah. Like, I think what would have been nice, I mean, obviously with, with COVID, you're very much restricted. But it could have been, like, you know, uh, kind of like seedings, like what the NBA did and what uh, and uh, what the NHL did. Uh, I mean, the NHL obviously did it with their top four. I don't know if baseball will do it as well. But I think what they want to do, like, if, if COVID... That makes, was, I think that's easier to do if they were to have a bubble. I think if, not if, COVID, bubble yet. if COVID was better... Um, then I think we would have seen that, but I guess especially because there's so many uh, like wild card series that are going to be happening in everybody's like home stadium, then I figured I guess they're probably like okay we can't do that just to like risk the the travel oriented with it. Um, but in regards to like everybody that made the playoffs, like I'm not really surprised with any of them, even the Jays. Like let's be honest, like this season was a shit show. Like let's let's just call it what it is. They got like, hot for like three weeks, and that that was their playoff. <laughs> that, That's what got then, them to the then, playoffs. And then also keep in mind, like this team didn't, this team didn't know where they were gonna play the first two weeks of the season. They rushed playing in Buffalo. They rushed all of the these, you know, uh, uh, renovations, and then they obviously had to basically spend the entire season in a hotel room, whether they were in a visiting city or in a home city. I mean, granted, there's not that much to, to, to do in Buffalo to begin with. Sorry. It's just kind of true. And then like, all you get to do is go see the, the worst side of the, of the falls. Yeah. Sorry, but it's true. Um, but like this team literally <laughs> had no expectations. And I think what's really funny is it's kind of like, in a way, you know, it's almost like those are the best teams. You know what I mean? Like the teams that are playing with house money. And like the comparable that I had, I don't know if you agree with me on this because I get, and I'm sure people are going to disagree with me on this because they're going to say, oh, it's different sports. It's different. Sp-. It's not the same. But like this team kind of reminds me of the 1617 Leafs. I knew you were going to say that because I because, think the exact same way. Yeah, because this team literally, like, the only thing that was missing is, like, okay, you know, I wouldn't compare Hern- to Oscar Hernandez with Austin Matthews just because Hernandez, A, is older, and B, has played two full seasons compared to Matthews. But, like, you could see some comparables here. Like, I would consider Randall Gritcha kind of like the Tyler Bozak of the group. Where like he's the yeah. older he's the older guy and then he has his best season, mm-hmm. um, except of course he's not gonna go and sign with the St. Louis team. Even actually no, this is reverse. He was originally with a St. Louis team. Ah, and then nice connection. I just thought of that in my head. I remember mm-hmm. that pick because Randall Gritchick. Actually no, he was picked by the Angels. He uh, was picked before Mike Trout. Yeah, imagine how different the outfield would have been if if you had Gritchick and Trout, which I think would be an okay outfield. I'd rather have. Gritchick Trout, Upton. Then, I mean, then Upton, just about Calhoun, anything is an Trout. upgrade for that Angels team. Oh, God. Yeah, that... Um, But, like, this team... Or Trout. Well, I mean, they fired their GM, so... Um, but, like, this team literally had stories galore. Like, uh, Santiago Espinal was probably my favorite. Um, my favorite because... is Alejandro. Oh! Alejandro. 
Can can I just say? Can we just have like a bobblehead day of, of that dude? Like that's just that's a he bobblehead. Had, I want that. That's a bobblehead. Like regardless of if his career takes off or not, I want that bobblehead. And I'm mm-hmm. hoping that they do end up doing that bobblehead uh, in the future. But again, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I'm seeing commercials for the 2021 season for for tickets, but I mean, like nobody knows, right? Yeah, like, but I guess in, ba- in if you're going to have tickets or not. I mean, in baseball's defense, I think they're banking on, like, okay, if they do get a vaccine by the beginning of 2021 and people get it, then they can probably be like, okay, we can have X amount of people in the in the stands. And also, you know, people say it's better in warmer weather. And, like, baseball, if you have, you know, 80, 80 to 85% capacity by uh, mid-July, early August, like, that's probably, I think, a win for them. But again, honestly, never- who knows? Like, there's a possibility the Buddhists might have to play a season in Buffalo again. Yeah, I think that's that's very likely. Or it could, or it could be like half and half, where like they do uh, like they start of- off in Buffalo and then things get better and then they move back to to the dome. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like this is a personal story, but like when I was in grade through no grade five, uh, our school was doing renovations. And basically, they went to, like, I think, like, the grade fives to eights. And they were like, okay, like, you guys piss off because we're doing renovations and you're part of the school. So, like, no one will be able to, like, go in there. So, like, we had to spend, like, the first four or five months away. And that's kind of, like, if I feel like that could be the situation if it comes back next year. But, I mean, who knows at this point. Um as far as like who's on the roster going into the playoffs, there aren't any names that I'm like, I don't know. I mean, like the only name that kind of gives me anxiety is uh, Shun Yamaguchi, who uh, Joey uh, said in one of his articles, and I think he said it on the show that he was supposed to be uh, a Masahiro Tanaka prototype. Hey, that's not what I said. It's what. The people who get paid the big bucks said, I don't get paid anything. Don't so then they're opinion. not credible sources. No, I'm kidding. I mean, look, I'm not going to give pitchers that much flack because this season's rough. It's it, it, it's a unicorn season. Yeah, like your people's numbers are going to be lower than what they're projected to be, and they're going to be higher than what they're projected to be. So what's the – there's no correlation. There's no uh, in-between. But uh, I guess speaking of pitching, this goes into a, a point that Joey made earlier. Uh, we're recording on Monday night for the first time. Um, but Joey basically uh, was upset with a uh, managerial decision by Charlie not, Montoya. I was. I was. Not well, anymore. Explain your change of heart. So the first thing, when I first read the tweet, saying that, but just for context, what we're talking about is Charlie Montoya making a shoemaker... Game one starter, Ryu, uh, game two, excuse me, and uh, and T1 Walker, the game three starter. The first thing I thought in my head was, why aren't you starting Ryu game one? It's your best pitcher. You want to do that. But then, talking to a few people, did did some thinking of myself after I left my brain, left outrage mode when I first saw that. And it makes a ton of sense, and I feel like this is the smartest way to do it. 
I don't know how you feel about it, but but hear me out. Game one, you have Shoemaker. Shoemaker career throughout his career has pitched better against left-handed pitching, which against left-handed hitting, excuse me, which is what the Tampa Bay Rays have a lot of, a lot of left-handed bats. And you also have Robbie Ray to back him up, because I don't think he'll be going more than four innings, considering that he hasn't played much at all this season. And then you have Robbie Ray back there, who is someone I trust more than Shoemaker. And also, game two makes a lot of sense for Ryu, because let's say you pull out a win, in game one, you have your best pitcher, one of the best pitchers in baseball, to try to close out the series. It's perfect. Or, or he'll you have at least have a higher likelihood of reaching a game three if you lose the game one with Shoemaker, and having Walker game three. Who's uh, who's the Rays a uh, game three starter again? Uh, Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton. That's a pretty even uh, pitching matchup. Morton and Walker. I, I I don't know what you think about that, but I think that's a pretty even pitching matchup. It's more favorable than Shoemaker and uh, and Morton. So yeah, yeah. Like it just it just makes a lot of sense. I think the the Blue Jays have put themselves in a situation here because let's if the Blue Jays win Game One tomorrow, this series is almost in the bag. Yeah, and I think that's what the team is expecting because like the team has hit well against a lot of the the Tampa pitchers. You know, the only reason why the team struggles against Tampa is their defense is number one, their defense. And number two, you know, I don't want to blame it on a, on a stadium because I already know that uh, Yankees fans are already used to doing that. No, I'm not annoyed. Um, But I think what it all comes down to is, the Jays have lit up Snell this season before. Like I don't know if you remember that, but yeah, Snell, the Blue Jays Snell, are four and six against the Rays this season, but they have outscored them, and they also played all they also played all their games against the Rays earlier in the season when they were having all those base running and defensive gasps, which were very concerning. Which they kind of, for the most part, got a hold of as the season's and, been went on. And also, like, keep in mind, like, they could have went 2-0 and to start the series. And I know it feels like a forever ago. But if Ken Giles does not get hurt in that, I think it was the final out, too. If Ken Giles does not get hurt in that final inning or final bottom of the inning, Jays would have gone 2-0 and and we could have had a better situation. It yeah. was bad luck in the form of, like, like you said, injuries have plagued this team galore. Like I think if this I would, team's not injured, we're looking at a number two, number two in the division, and we are playing the Twins. Uh, yeah, and are we? We'd be playing Cleveland, wouldn't? Or we? Cleveland, yes. Yeah, it'd be Cleveland. And and another thing that I want to like t- touch on here is like, if you're do if they were playing better, then that would mean that more sellers would be calling the team and being like, hey, we want to give you this guy. Like, there was the whole rumor that I think they were interested in some of the Pirates players, uh, which mm-hmm. granted, again, like, the Pirates aren't They didn't have much, spe- though, to They aren't honest. spectacular, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, like, you look at a guy like uh, like Joe Musgrove, I think was one of the guys that they were yeah. looking at, and he would be a guy I wouldn't mind having as, like, a, a depth, uh, like, 3-4 guy. He would have been perfect 
to add to the rotation. I think they most likely would have been looking at it if they if they had more injuries, he would have been up for consideration. I think Chad Call was the other one that they were looking at. And like those are two guys that had really low batting averages against them. I think like yeah, Call only had two two twelve hitters hitting two twelve against him and Musgrove two twenty six. If you add one of those guys to your rotation, Jays beat the Yankees majority of those games. And I'm not I'm not trying to exaggerate here. They were the better team. Also, if you don't start Derek Fisher in the outfield, yeah, like, like, and I'm listen. I don't want to hate. I don't want to hate on the guy because I'm sure he's gotten a lot of it from from people online. But like, he's a dude, decent DH. Yeah, dude, you're you're a fourth outfielder. Catch the ball. Like this is like I don't know if it's like something going on up in the in the in between the ears, but I I, I don't know what's going on with him. I think it's very. Strange. Um, I think we can also agree that the Jays have ten times better catching than the Yankees do. That goes oh, man. Sanchez can't catch a beach ball because life depended on it. Your best catcher, that is not named Eric Kratz, who is forty years old, by the way. Your best catcher is a thirty-year-old player who was basically only played like the better part of like two seasons. Compared to Sanchez, who's played four, which is embarrassing. But and is what twenty seven? Yeah, I, I think personally, Gary Sanchez is the most overhyped. Like it was funny. I've been saying that since he, since I first watched him play. Yeah, he does whatever with the bat, but he can't catch. He can't yeah. call a game. I think that's what it is. And what's funny is that you go back to twenty sixteen when the Yankees were like. I guess you can call rebuilding. They don't know how to rebuild. They rebuilt on the fly. Yeah, that's one of those things. I feel like they rebuilt by accident. They accelerated their rebuild, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, the core was aging. They were still competitive. They were, like, what's a good team to... They 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 were were, accidentally good. So they were were the the thunder of the the MLB. Except Mm -hmm. the only difference is that, like, the thunder were very actively tanking. But then they were like, oh, by the way, we're a game away from going to the second round. Which, God, this should have happened. But anyway, um, I think, like, in, it was funny because, like, they were talking of, like, Sanchez is the next best thing. He's, like, the next slugging catcher. I think they called him, like, the, was he the next Pudge Rodriguez, they said? Yeah, what an insult to Pudge. That was, that's, that's, could not be further from the truth now. And then, of course, like, Judge was having his struggles. Like, I remember it was the three... Well, that's just how it is with power hitters too. Like in in the MLB, like they're they're going to be streaky, and it's going to be more evident in a sixty game season than in a hundred and sixty two game season. Yeah, and I remember it was the three that they were looking at that were being good was, uh, it was Judge, it was uh, Sanchez, and I can't remember the third one. Uh, I think it was it wasn't. Is it Didi? No, it wasn't Didi. Didi was already established. Um, it's a name that's escaping me, and I I, I shouldn't care about this. Uh, it was um um. It's in it's in my head. It's in my head. Oh, <laughs> Ty- Tyler Austin. Yeah, that was it. That was the other name. Where it's, uh, what happened to him? He is now. He has not played since last year, and he last played with the Milwaukee Brewers. Wow, but, dang! Uh, but that's the thing with baseball. Like you're gonna catch guys that are, are late bloomers, 
and you're going to catch guys that Bautista. are like, I am saying over and over again, and I okay, no one heard me say this, because again, I didn't really know that many people, but I said in my head, when the Blue Jays traded for Teoscar Hernandez back in 2017 at the deadline, that they got Jose Bautista's replacement. And based on the last 50-something games, he played in 50, he played in 50 out of 60 games. He missed 10 games. Tell me that that guy, if he's hitting better for average, is not Joey Bats 2.0. He even looks like him. He looks like friggin' Dominican. Yeah. They play the same position. Even if you look at their career, like, um, uh, trajectories, I don't even know if I said that right. I can't speak today. But if you look at their careers up until, like, this point like in their careers, they're, they're very similar. I think even, even Bautista, I think, popped off at the same age as Teoscar did. The only difference is he didn't play on uh, 18 different teams up until this point. And I think another thing with, with Bats is, like, like comparing the two of them. I think Hernandez was one of the top prospects in, in the Astros system. And well, I remember when the deal happened... I was like, okay, there's no way that Hernandez is going to come. Because it was the top two were Hernandez and Tucker. Those are the two outfielders that the team, like, valued the most. And obviously, like, Jordan Alvarez, well, I mean, like, he's a bat, whatever. He can go away. But the thing with, with looking at this core, like, with looking at Hernandez, I was like, there's no way they're getting it. And then they got him, and I was just like, okay. The team basically just said, like, Bautista came back. It's not working. Here's our guy for the future. And, like, I think he's earned it. And he's definitely gotten he's not still not perfect by any means in the outfield, but he's definitely improved from what he was. Yeah, exactly. I think that's definitely the the best uh in like description of him. Um I think And Jose yeah, was the same way too when he was younger, not to interrupt you. No, yeah, it was the same way. And it took a couple years and a couple struggles and then he finally uh he got there. He has a cannon of an arm too. Yeah, and I think, like, looking at this team up and down, like, they have guys, like, this is going to be kind of a hot take, but this is talking about present time. They only have, like, one superstar on their team, and it's Bo Bichette. Like, okay, actually, no, I'm going to retract that statement. I'm going to say two. I'm going to loop Louis Gurriel into that situation. Do you you think the league has taken notice, though? Or is it just Jays fans that know? Oh, they don't. I give up on the. I th- I think in reality, if it's not the National Hockey League, nobody gives a shit about a Canadian team. Let's be honest. Like MLS, no one really talks about TFC or any Canadian team for that matter. The only I think time that everyone talked about a Canadian team was the Whitecaps when they had Alfonso Davies. Other than that, it's been crickets. Like the Jays have Munich. I don't know if you saw this weekend. They their uh, the streak. Ended. They lost to. This is extremely off topic, but yeah, they lost four to one against. Um, um, I don't remember what the team was. Um, whatever was, to a mid-table team that they should not have lost to. Right. I think that's kind of what it is. You always expect like the one team that you're always supposed to beat, you always lose to. It's just the yeah, way that things are. It always happens, especially in, in European soccer. Anyways, back to baseball. That was that was extremely off topic. Yeah, but like getting back to my point, like again, I give up on American media and American sport media trying to give the Raptors credit. Like 
we already saw last year, we already saw like Stephen A. Smith sh- shitting on the Raptors and shitting on Toronto. Uh, we are we already see like uh, American broadcasters don't even want to give the team the, the the time of day, except for when Jose Bautista decides to flip a bat. Or when and then they're all saying how much of a prima donna he is and how it's bad for baseball. Yeah, Goose Gossage. <laughs> that interview was. I that was, was something. Gritting, I, I was gritting my teeth that whole interview, like mm-hmm. the whole entire time. And and the thing is, is with this core, like there should be more coverage on this team. They're like, exciting, man. They're they're fun to watch. If baseball does not go into an impasse in the off season. Which, let's be fair, it's totally possible, especially with the way that they handled the pandemic. Be, uh, like, lockout. I'm hoping that it's not because that would screw this team and it would screw a lot of teams because this team is exciting. This team is young. And what was funny was we were, we were like, kind of vilifying uh, Shatkins, I guess would be the good way to, that a lot of teams call them. Uh, we basically uh, went as far as to vilify them for being like, okay, they didn't bring Edwin back. They, you know, they kind of botched bringing Bautista back. Uh, who's this Steve Pierce guy? The answer was he was a uh, World Series MVP. But besides that, who's this Kendrick Morales guy? He can't even run. Looking back, there's definitely some hiccups. Oh, someone's calling the house. Uh, uh, nice. <laughs> Looking back, anyways, I was saying someone, um, oh, I completely lost my train of thought now. Oh, yes, there's definitely some hiccups in their plan and all that. Not everything went perfectly, but the seeing the end result and like how it is now, and that they're still like extremely young and getting some valuable playoff experience, I wouldn't trade any of it for like for the world, yeah. And it's one of those things where. And I'll I'll bring this up kind of with basketball as well. This city cannot handle losers. I think this city has become too entitled to the point where they're like, unless any- it's the Leafs. That's just a marriage based on convenience, but like it's it's brutal. Um, mm-hmm. But like like to kind of piggyback off of that, like if this team doesn't win a World Series, failure of a season. Or no, everyone's already at Montoyo's neck. I mean, I'll, doing I'll what he's fair. did with the rotation, which, which, I after some thinking, I think is the smartest thing for them to do. Yeah, like the best thing to do, like okay, if you, and, and I'll I'll use this as an example. When they made the playoffs back in 2015, they put David Price in Game One. Everybody was like, "Oh, this is going to be easy. He's been amazing. He's been lights out." And then everybody realized, "Oh." Playoff David Price is actually kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And it he wasn't unwatchably bad like he was, I think, when he was with the, the Red Sox in like year one of that contract. Um but he what he was like a, a third or fourth guy when on a, a normal major league rotation he's a one or two guy. Arguably. I remember Estrada kind of took the reins for the playoffs. Yeah, and, we and that's and that's what you want. I think mm-hmm. it's it's too it's good for two things. One, you're not putting any pressure on your ace to or you know to start. Two, you don't have to worry about your ace getting rocked and or hurt. And C, 
it it gives confidence in your in one of the guys in your rotation to say, okay, we know you've had injuries, we know you struggled a little bit, you fought through it. Here's game one, you know, show us. Shoemaker's done it before too. He's been on some of those good Cardinal Cardinals teams. He's had some some playoff success, if I remember. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but just from like what I remember. I th- and, I, and yeah, you want guys that have, uh, you know, experience in the postseason. And I know I was doing this right when you said it, um, but his postseason pitching numbers, he only pitched, okay, he pitched in one game with the, actually, he only pitched in one game with the with the Angels. Oh, it was the Angels. Yeah, I don't know who you were thinking of. I was like, I, I, I was going to correct kinda, you. I was both like, teams wear red, and I just kind of just blurted out the wrong team. <laughs> but but he's kind of like a, a late uh, a late bloomer in a way because like he like he's only pitched in one game uh, against the 2014 Royals that in my opinion should have won the World Series but the Giants were like nah we got this he only allowed one run on five hits struck out six that's not bad at all and also this is a guy who I would argue if he did not get hurt in the fifth start of his season last year. Could have been probably okay. He would have been a guy. He was pitching lights out to start last season. He would have been a guy that, to be honest, they probably would have dealt. Oh, for but, sure. But he was pitching like amazing. He was pitching like uh, who was that one guy that was like good to start the season and he just completely, completely did all. I can't even remember. But like you want guys like that, you want, and he's had more good seasons than bad. Like this was his like his worst season was the last year before he came to to play with the Jays. But I mean, like this is a guy who's proven that he's an experienced guy. He's played over eight years in the majors. He knows what he's what to do. So yeah, I would lean on, and also like with with Ryu, and I know we haven't seen this this year. Like the guy. In the playoffs, also, and I think this is one thing that we, we kind of saw, is he's had some rough go in the playoffs in his career. He's had some rough goes. Uh, I think two years ago was really poor. Uh, he pitched against the. Uh, he pitched again. He pitched in four ga- in two games with the uh, the NLCS, and he had an eight fifty nine ERA. Uh, and then uh, in the World Series, he pitched in one game. Uh, where he allowed four runs on six hits through four and two-thirds of an inning. So, like, he's not... So that was the cheating Astros? No, no, 2018, no. Oh, no, that's 2017. Never mind. Wait, yeah. Yeah, like, that's that's what I think. And also, Mm -hmm. like, it puts less pressure on him. If you win it, it's like, okay, house money, go in, pitch. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, here's the thing, though, about going back to, like, Montoyo's uh, playoff rotation. You have Ryu win for game one, and you lose game one. This series is done. Yeah, unless you start Walker in game two, there's and no he, way you come out of it. Yeah, and even then with Walker against uh, Tyler Glass now, who, who himself could be an ace, it's just like, it's, it, like, it, it, I get He's getting far too much hate on the Twitterverse for it. And I just feel like everyone, because he's not John Gibbons, is like just waiting with pitchforks 
for the next uh, news to come out about what Charlie Montoyo did, and just without any thinking, it's they just they just go freak out mode. Dude, Gibby wasn't even perfect though. Gibby made some extremely, extremely, extremely questionable decisions as manager. He was a great team first guy and all that, and like I know that the players loved him, which which is something you want in a manager and very valuable. But some of those decisions he made, man, were just wow. Yeah. Like, he was great when it came to... Uh... He always has players' backs. Yeah. But when it comes to, like, bullpen management, he was not that good. Which I'll argue Montoya was not that good either. But, I mean, you know, it's hard to have really good bullpen management just because, mm-hmm. like... Especially in this season, like, you don't know exactly, you know, what is, you know, what is going to be expected from your team. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think that's that's really all that there is to do about, uh, about this core. Like, that's all you really need to, like, go on about. Um... I still think that this team is probably has one of the better odds compared to other teams in Major League Baseball. Nothing will surprise me. Like within a three-game series like this, and this wacky season, you know the wacky sport that is baseball. Like nothing will surprise me. The Brewers can can beat the Dodgers, and I would just look at it and be like, "Yep," like I would not be surprised. Sounds about right. Yeah, and like that's that's the way it is. Um. And yeah, there really isn't that much left to, to talk about in, in terms of baseball. Like we still, we won't know until uh, tomorrow's uh, game one, uh, until at the end of the week. Hopefully, when we record again, what uh, what's going to happen there? Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I final predictions for the series. Sure, I'll let you go first. Jason three. I don't know. I think the Jays are going to win. I just don't know if I should say just because 2020 and wacky season and all that. I'll say I'm going to be bold. Blue Jays in two. All right. So they lost the series because we already know how you did with the Raptors. Okay. You know what? It's already out there in the universe. I can't take it back. It is what it is. This is a good segue to talk about the Raptors because we we did not do a show for about two or three weeks, and it's been about two or three weeks since the the infamous Game 7 loss, which I'll still stand by and say the Raptors beat themselves. Like, let's, let's not kid ourselves. Well, is it how many turnovers? 18? 18 turnovers. And we've seen it many times again. The team that turns the ball over is going to lose the game. Like, I think, like, last night was the, or two nights, yeah, it was, last night was the the Heat and the, uh, and this, actually, no, okay, I guess it's not true, it's not a good example, because the Heat turned over the ball more times than, uh, than the Celtics did, but, like, more times than not, if you turn the ball over, like, more than ten times, like, you're gonna lose. Like, yeah, it's just, like, it's, it's those are, you're throwing away points. And that's what's so frustrating about that series is the fact that 
I don't think that Boston was necessarily the better team. This the Raptors shot themselves in the foot in every single every single loss of that series. They you can look back and be like, yeah, the Raptors just played terribly. It's not necessarily the Celtics who just outplayed us. The Raptors just played themselves. Yeah, and I think fans really took that loss hard. Can we lay off of Pascal Siakam, please? Hoping that people did, like, dude, the hate, like, okay, I tweeted that night when they were losing, even though they were basically in it until, like, the last two minutes. It was really. it was basically a one-possession game before they started fouling, had to, like, had to foul at the end of the game and all that. Yeah, and, like, I tweeted, is Pascal Siakam the Mitch Marner of the Raptors? And... I wish it blew up more, but yeah, he's the Mitch Marner of the Raptors because both guys just signed a big extension. They were both expected to do big things in a playoff series, and they didn't do that well on the score sheet. I can't. The only, the only can't. difference is that Mitch Marner has never won a playoff series at the professional level. Siakam mm-hmm. has won the championship or five mm-hmm. playoff series. Or no, when did he? When did he this come was to- his fourth season. So he made his debut in 27. Okay, so yeah, it's been about. He got LeBron toed twice. Which was funny because if you look at his, like he was basically a bench player on the LeBron team. And then all of a sudden, two years later, he's like, oh, by the way, I'm good now. And then the Raptors are like, just like, oh, okay. That's why, like, I don't understand these people just like absolutely like just getting on him to the point where it's just like. Like personal attacks, like it's like it's like you see what he's capable of, and like to just completely like discard everything that like you've seen from him based on a series in a bubble during a pandemic. It's just like it's it's just no, you can't just ignore the two seasons of him improving his game like drastically, becoming one of the becoming one of like the best young talents in the NBA before your eyes, and then and then all of a sudden just being like nope. Just because he had a bad, like, like seven games. Yeah. Like, okay, he had a bad two playoff series. So? Yeah. Like, Boston was a, Boston was a tough matchup for him, too. Like, Boston they were probably super it well. Was, it was worst-case scenario if they were going to play the Celtics. Yes, because I if think, they played, if they somehow got by the Celtics, the Raptors would have beat the Heat. That's a matchup that the Raptors would have favored the, the Raptors. Dude, that would have been a fun matchup, though. Like, Jimmy Buckets, Harrow has been a boss. He's Also, apparently, uh, Tyler Harrow is dating Kyle Kuzma's ex-girlfriend. I don't know if you, <laughs> saw, I don't know if you saw that on uh, on Twitter or not. I did. I think Spence shared it. I don't remember. That would be funny. That would uh, be funny. It, it, was, it was hilarious. I, I loved seeing that because I'm just it's almost like, as, as funny as uh, Paul George going to Doc Rivers' team after cheating on his daughter. Oh, man, the NBA is great for that kind of stuff. The NHL needs more of that. Wait, he, cheat- wait, he cheated on his... What? You didn't know that? What did he do? So, Paul George was dating Doc Rivers' daughter. Oh, oh I, you said that, and I was just like, wait. I thought cheated you know, like, he cheated on her. With a stripper, got that stripper pregnant, and then got married to the stripper. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh. And then all of a sudden, he gets traded to Doc Rivers' team. How funny is that? 
then it, then I guess we feel bad because Doc Rivers just got fired like an hour or two before we started. Yeah. Um, which is brutal. He's the uh, Mike Babcock of uh, the NBA. Really? I would argue. How long he has he has he clung on to a championship he won in two thousand eight? Ah, I see the context. Okay, maybe you're right. Um, but yeah, in, in regards to the rap, okay, I had a, I had a weird uh, epiphany one night where uh, I was taking I was taking a nap and I was talking I was thinking about who the Raptors were going to resign because like of course they're going to resign Fred, but then I was like, do they really want a Baca back? And then I'm like, yeah, of course they want a Baca back. And then I'm thinking, who's a big man that we had that can replace Gasol? I know it's not going to happen, but let me dream. I was getting nostalgia. You mentioned uh, LeBronto. It almost wasn't LeBronto in 15-16. And it was because of one man. I think I know. I think you know where I'm going Biz with Mac this. Biombo? Bismack Biombo. No, he's not good, man. Why not? He, he had just, that one playoff he had, series. He caught fire for like four games in the playoffs, and all of a sudden, everyone thought he was a superstar. Best center bar none. <laughs> Man, that, that that was a fun time. That was, that was crazy. I mean, like, I'm trying to think. Like, there's not really any other like centers that you could really go out and like. I know you said Montrez Harrell. Which uh, I think I think he fits the Raptors pretty well. To be completely honest, he's like one of those surge though. I'd rather have surge, but the thing is, if you have the chance to sign Harrell, I think you do it because he's younger. And I have. He's only what twenty five, twenty six. Yeah, something. Baca is thirty one. Thirty one. He'll be thirty one for next season if he's not already, and. Yeah, like it's not that I don't like Ibaka, but it's just like if the Raptors want to be competitive for a long time after next season, they gotta like start to look young. I have a counter proposal. You what is go that? and get Ennis Cancer. No, oh man. God, no. You oh, go and God. get Boogie Cousins. No. I mean, okay, if it was Boogie Cousins before he got arrested, yes. If it was Boogie Cousins, like, if it was Sacramento Kings Boogie Cousins. Really? Not a Golden State Boogie who only played, like, 40 games? No, Sacramento Cousins was elite. The best was... Would you call the Boogie Cousins signing with the the Lakers the biggest failure that the Lakers did? Like, they signed him post-good... And he literally does not play one game for them, tears his ACL, and they wave him in February. That's sad. That's just. That's I mean, just... I feel like he'd still be good if he didn't get injured so much. Like a torn Achilles is tough to get back from, which is why I'm curious to see how Durant does next season in Brooklyn. Yeah, I think that's going to be what all eyes are on. And if Durant is anything. It's even half the player that he was before his Achilles injury. Oh boy, is Brooklyn going to be a force? And you have Kyrie at full strength too. Yeah, Kyrie, Spencer Dinwiddie, Chris Levert, Joe Harris. That's that's a fantastic team. 
And then you got uh, um, Steve Nash as the coach, too. It was a great mind. Yeah. Get some uh, some of that. Anyways, yeah. So back to the free agent uh, discussion. Um, yeah, it's tough to see who. Like, I think they bring Ibaka back if the price is right. He wants to go he find. wants to come back. I know he wants to come back. But just because I know he's a fan favorite here, obviously, and like everybody loves, like he loves it here. You can just tell, like he gels with the guys like well. But like if he, he might also want that last big contract too, because he's thirty-one years old and all that. So if he wants that big money, I, I think you have to just let him go. Yeah, I would. I would think so. Gasol, um, I think, is done. Thank you for your service. Go play in Spain, buddy. You deserve it. You deserve to rest. He deserves a retirement. He had a great career. <laughs> wow, I feel like I feel like we're being rude to him, which I'm not. I'm a big fan of his. <laughs> yeah, I I think after seeing him at the the parade, I really uh, I really was a fan of him no i yeah, yeah one of those hustle players but yeah anyways um oh yeah we also haven't recorded since nick nurse signed his extension yeah that's all that's left is good old bobby webster and Masai. Masai ain't gonna come back until probably i would say most likely i i, I think he's probably gonna end up signing after this offseason, or this next offseason that comes. Yeah, you think so? You, you think there, there's no way the Raptors let him hit free agency, right? But I think he might drag it on. That's the thing. I mean, oh, man. What a loss that would be, because he's our ticket to Giannis. Yeah, that, he's got that networking capabilities, man. He, he leaves us in the offseason. How funny would it be if he if he gets us Giannis and then dips? Yeah, it's like I did my final my final thing. He just disappears and you know, like uh, in Kung Fu Panda, with uh, with, with <laughs> Master Uguay, he just disappears into the mm-hmm. into the cherry blossoms. That's what he's gonna be. That that I that if Masai does not go out that way, he went out wrong and they did him dirty. As long as we just keep Bobby Webster though, like if Masai wants to yeah, go separate I mean, like, ways. Bobby That's, Webster, I know, is also highly respected and obviously learned under one of the best in the business. So it would be a shame if we lost both of them. But, man, this is when MLSC has got to show their money, man. They're worth how much? Just to give uh, them a check and be like, how much you want? Write it on there and we'll do it. We'll get it done. Give them a blank check. How many zeros you want? Okay, put more zeros. Got it. <laughs> like, All right. How, how many zeros you want? Say no more, fam. <laughs> That's literally what it would be. Yeah. Um, should we talk about hockey Twitter today? Because it was fun. Oh, yes. Bob McKenzie with a bomb. He comes out of retirement. I guess I guess he probably got a taste of early retirement with... Uh, with the pandemic, and he's just like, nah, I'm gonna stir up some shit. Well, he was always, we always knew he was gonna be semi retired because he was gonna 
come back for World Junior coverage and draft coverage and free agency coverage, all that. He was part-time retired. This is true. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I'm watching the football game right now. Patrick Mahomes just did something that's just ludicrous. (laughs) Yeah, Ravens are – I think Jesus. that loss, the loss that the Ravens had uh, in the playoffs last year, they're not going to be nearly as good as they were. I've I'm, never seen a quarterback in the NFL with the balls in traffic to just underhand lob of a toss to their fullback. That's the way things go. Jesus. That's the way it goes in the National Hockey League. National Football League. Anyways. I'm I'm sl- I'm slurring myself. I don't even know what I'm doing. Anyways, uh, yeah. But yeah, so he basically says something that we knew was gonna happen, or honestly gonna happen, but knew something that was probably hit, gonna hit under hit hit under the the wraps, and then now has has come alive, and that is Jack Eichel is apparently asking for a trade. And I probably I, I'm not I'm gonna go on a limb and say the Rangers are not the only team that that went out and inquired about him. If Jack Eichel requests a trade, I'd say about twenty teams are calling. Yeah, definitely. I think they definitely are calling. And what's funny is that like I I look at the I heard the Rangers and I was just like, do they have the ability to take the like take that off? And then I realized. Oh, they traded Mark Stahl for literally nothing. So, I mean, it's doable. But, I mean, like, do you really want to you go... You make... The, the Jack Eichel is someone you make room for. You trade whoever the hell you need to. Dude, imagine a first line of Laugh, Panarin, and uh, and Eichel. That is... That would be so gross. Um, but, anyway. Uh, more on why Buffalo... Why more on why the Sabers are basically the number two franchise because the Bills are basically kicking their ass right now, which just goes to show you how much Terry Pagula cares about the the Bills more than the Sabers, which is really unfortunate. But I mean, is it? Would you call um, it unfortunate? I don't know. Just because it's Buffalo, you know, you know that saying: a lion doesn't care about the opinion of sheep. That's me living in in or in the GTA when someone talks about Buffalo to me. Well, what was funny was uh, for one of my assignments that I uh, that I actually am going to be finishing once we're done recording. Uh, it was basically uh, analyzing and uh, doing research to support which NHL team would uh, succeed in Canada, and uh, I went with Hamilton because it makes sense because for they an are, expansion team you mean. for an expansion team, yes, and basically just because they. If they tap into the uh, the southern Ontario hockey market, like Buffalo's done, like they are, they are done like dinner. Like there's no way you can come out from on underneath that. There's absolutely no way. Well, I know that there's a good number of like Sabres fans in like St. Catharines and like all that, like though the border towns there that are close to Buffalo. I mean, like, yeah, but you take away the Ontario fans, like, their Sabres fans are going to have a hard time selling out. They already do until, well, mind you, if the product was good. This is true. The product was good. People will show up no matter what the market is. 
they just got to get the good product out there. Like, I don't know how they haven't been able to uh, build around uh, your franchise center yet. You've had for five years now. Yeah, five wasted years of Jack Eichel's career, which is really a shame. And and to think that 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 if these reports aren't true, he's definitely asking for one in the off season if they don't make the playoffs again. They have two years to technically do it because he has a no movement clause in the final four years of his contract. So I mean, so if Jack know, Eichel's smart, he's getting the hell out of there while he can. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. Which is the rest of the Sabres organization in a nutshell. They're like, get me the frig out of this place. Like, it's brutal. It's like, you can tell, though. Like, he's frustrated. Like, ever see him, like, post-game in, like, any press conferences? He wants he's to kill just, somebody. He's just upset. Yeah, he's, and rightfully so. He deserves yeah. it. Also, in other hockey news, Patrick Line has apparently requested a trade. Yeah, so what's that? So he's better than who again? Sorry, can I can I uh, can I jump in real quick and just ask uh, who again? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, basically, just to to go out on a limb here, uh, Patrick Lyonne. It's funny because Winnipeg can't have nice things. Every time they have like a sniper, they usually trade him. Like they had Evander Kane, he's gone. When they were the Thrashers, they had Kovalchuk, he's gone. And now Lyonne is going to be gone after this year. But the thing is, like, who takes him? Like, I don't know who takes Line A. And, like, I'm not trying to say that Line A's horrible. He's not a mate. Line A's bad season. He had 30 goals. But then again, he was very spotty. Mm-hmm. He and had, also, like, like, he was he, injured. He had, like, 20 of them in, like, two separate months and then 10 scattered throughout the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like another, like not to like completely rip his game or anything, but like one thing that like he, like you look at like Austin Matthews, I'm taking, taking, taking first overall in that same draft. Matthews can't create his own offense. You know what I mean? He can create his own goals. Well, that's another and reason then you why have, like... you have Patrick Laine, who has one of the best shots in the league, but he can't create, create it himself. He needs people around him and like, the, the Jets have, like, just like how the Sabres have failed to build around Eichel, they failed to build. Well, I don't know if, like, if Line is the guy you build around, especially with Shifley there, but you just didn't give him the, the pieces to succeed there. Yeah. And that's, it, it goes back to the argument of, like, okay, centers are going to be obviously better than, uh, Centers are going to be better than wingers because, again, like you said, they drive play and they have more responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it's just the way that things are. And, you know, I'm not trying to say that Line is a bad player, but, like, one team made the playoffs the year after drafting one player and the other team had to wait another year, which, granted, they could have maybe went to the cup final in, in 18, but Vegas was like, nah, buddy. Marc-Andre Fleury go burr. Mm-hmm. And then that that was done. Which speaking of Mark Andre Fleury, apparently he's getting bought out. So is that I, the rumor? That's the I didn't rumor. Hear that if, one. if if that Leonard contract signs and goes through, he's getting bought out. Which like they could afford to buy him out in reality. But if anything, this is the question that I must ask: At what point does Mark Andre Fleury come to the Leafs? 
No, I don't want him. <laughs> He's washed. He's over the hill. Okay, if we had Marc-Andre Fleury two years ago, would you be saying that? No, but I'm talking about Marc-Andre Fleury now. Let's talk – actually, let's let's bring up this poll because we we put this poll out during our last show, if I'm not mistaken, of basic – or a couple weeks ago, saying which Leaf player is the next to be traded. And Andreas Janssen won it, but Freddie Anderson was next with 43.8% of the votes. I don't think Janssen is getting traded just based solely on the fact that he, I just don't think he has much trade value at all. Yeah. It's not that he's a piece that the Leafs would like to trade and gain assets from. It's just that I don't think you're going to be able to get assets from him. Yeah, I guess that's him. kind of the, the way that things are. Mm-hmm. Like He's been injured, was it two straight years now? And like it's been knee injuries too, which is always a little, a little suspect. And I just don't know how high other teams are on him. Like I see other, other like I see trade proposals on Twitter where, where Janssen is bringing in a second round pick, and I'm like, okay, yeah, no, keep dreaming. That's not gonna happen. At this point, maybe if you trade him to trade deadline next year, it's a possibility if he has a good year. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where, like, Dubas is trying to, like, play chess with what he has, but it's, it's really, uh, it's really, really crazy. All right, so I have a question for you. It's a Leafs-related question. Whatever it is, yes. I'm kidding. Say it. All right. Think long and hard if you need to. Do the Toronto Maple Leafs make a run for... Alex Petrangelo, if he hits the free agent market. Um, it's hard. I think, I think like, I think like, I've okay, made here, my, here's, here's I've the, made my stance on this pretty clear on Twitter. Oh, so I'll sure. let you go first. I think now that like, I'm, I've, I've actually like thought your point out, like, the more that I'm thinking about it, the more, like, I don't think Petrangelo makes, like, okay, does he make the least better in the short term? Yes. But you also need to make it, like, in the long term. Like, the guy's 30. And I'm not trying to say that, like, the Leafs don't want him because he's older. But, I mean, like, you know, you just signed Tavares to seven years. And, like, the, the deal's been good. Like, let's be honest. Oh, the sure, only re- yeah. the only reason why people are upset with the cap is because, are upset with the lease is because of the cap. Mm-hmm. If, the, if there was no cap, everybody would not give a shit. Yeah, because I feel and, if there's and no I think cap, it, sign him. I don't care. Sign him if there's no cap. Oh, for sure, he would have been a leaf by now because he mm-hmm. probably would have gotten like nine or ten, and it would have mm-hmm. been like fifty million and like all these players. It would have been but who like, cares? <laughs> yeah, but like I look at this team. Like, top to bottom, and I'm just like, okay, on the right side, like, I understand the right side need, because, like, Hall is an okay bottom six guy. He's not a top four guy. And two million is a, eh, but it's it's a movable deal. You can move that deal if you want. I don't know if Hall moves yet, but he moves at the deadline. That's for sure. So here's a, just to say off of one of your points, you said, you said Alex Petrangelo would make the Leafs better in the short term. Yeah. I will disagree with that as well. 
Here's why. It's not because Alex Petrangelo is bad. He's one of the best defensemen in the league right now. The reason why I think that is because of the depth or the players are going to have to give up in order to make room for him. If you need to trade an Alexander Kerfoot or William Nylander to make room for Petrangelo, it's not worth it at that point. It's not worth it at all because you're... What's the Leafs' identity? It's let's score a ton of goals and we'll worry about the defense when when it gets into our defensive zone. Would you would you agree with me there? Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's always been the team's identity and going back to like the seasons when mm-hmm. they were what they were, right? Yeah. Now, that's not to say that I think the Leafs should completely ignore their needs on defense because oh no, that is definitely what I'm not what I'm saying. But if you're going to take away from the Leafs offense, which is what makes the Leafs the Leafs, then there's does it really make your team better if you have to trade a William Nylander? No, it doesn't. It doesn't make the team better at all. And like, also, if you have, and that might not even be like the only move you have to make. You might have to trade Nylander plus Janssen, or just find a way to get rid of Janssen, even if I think he has no value. And like, what are you doing? You're just filling up those slots with AHL players who may not necessarily be NHL ready but you just need people to fill those slots. And that, that to me, doesn't make the team better. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, people think that you need to address your weakness by tearing apart from your strength, which I get. But at the same time, it's like how much of your strength do you want to pick off before you address that weakness? Like, you don't trade your best winger to go make a move that is opposite of what your identity is. That's just how I see it. Yes, I said William Nylander is the best winger on the team. Fight me, boomers. Um, yeah, like, honestly, like, I think what the Leafs should focus on this offseason is getting a more balanced decor. Because even if the Leafs were to sign Petrangelo, you have that, you have probably one of the best top defensive pairings of the league with Riley and Petrangelo. But after that, it's the same old song and dance. And let's say Riley goes down again or Petrangelo goes down again. Then what? You're back. You're right back to square one from where you were before. Like I know injuries is something that you shouldn't be planning for, but it's always something that's going to be in the back of your mind, right? And what about when that pairing isn't on the ice? If that pairing's not on the ice, it's the same, same shit again. You're going to be like, it, it's not going to solve too much. I don't know if, if my point is coming across as clearly as oh, I make, think it is. Make, you're making sense. Yeah. So like that's why like I just feel like it's just. It's just like signing Petrangelo would create more problems than than solutions, or just the same problems are going to still are, are going to be there still, whether he's on the team or not. And yeah, does that like make sense? It's a band. It's a band aid that you're putting on a bullet wound. Yeah, like I can't remember if we talked about this uh, already on a past episode. But there's a lot of value defensemen who play the right side, who are available in free agency. That you can probably get, you can probably get a brand new right side if you're Kyle Dubis, a brand new right side, for the same amount it would cost to get Petrangelo, and it would still still be a hell of a defensive core. Yeah, 
Like, there are plenty of other defensemen that I'd rather have. Like, TJ Brody would be fine. Radko Gudis yeah. would be fine. Travis Hamannick, I've been beating that drum for a long time. Dylan DeMello. Uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk would be a great uh, third-pair right-handed defenseman. He's someone who I've been looking at for a while. There's like, yeah, what is that, five names we said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, you don't need the big fish. I feel like the, that would... And because you imagine if the Leafs spend all that money on Petrangelo and they don't get out of the first round again. Yeah, like, that's... That's the way that it is. Like, it's... It's insane to think that one free agent signing is going to be the turnaround of your franchise. Like, it's, it's free agency in sports doesn't work most of the time. No. And, like, the Leafs have their big money players. And... Or, or let, me, let me rephrase that. Even if it mm-hmm. does work, it works when you, fr- when you regret the deal. Mm-hmm. Because look at Tavares right now. There was one guy in my... Uh, I don't remember his name, but uh, he was in my uh, one of my classes, and this was the day after the no, they, yeah, it was the day after they lost to the Pens, or the day no, it was the, no, 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 what was it? It was it was the game where they lost, I think six one against the Penguins. Mm-hmm. It was the game. It was that game where uh, where they got hammered and then they shut them out the next day. Um. That's kind of like what I saw with this. And and the guy just like, I was looking at cat friendly because that's what I do when I'm bored. And this class was like a bird class, basically. And then he looks over at my screen and he points at JT's name and he's just like, they got to trade that guy. I'm telling you, yeah, that guy's gone. And I'm just like, you know anything about hockey, my friend? You like, don't trade. I don't think they trade anybody from the core until at least next offseason if they end up in the same position. Yeah, and, and most of the time you see uh, like most of the time you see more times than not like what, what was the point that I was going on? I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, Happens. Uh, I'm losing my train of thought again. Alright. Uh, oh, um, no, I got nothing. I was, okay. I was I was gonna say that like something involving like you don't hear certain teams being like oh our team sucks let's trade X and Y mm-hmm. but we make the most money with X and Y no nah, don't care we're gonna do it like it's not gonna be like Moneyball where you lose and then all your guys just go and then you just get a bunch of nobodies and they're just like oh we're good again yeah no yeah it's not like that at all but anyways another thing too is. Even if you sign two right, right-handed defensemen, which there's a very deep class of in this free agency, as we've just been over, um, then you get more, and you don't sign Petrangelo, you also have room to help some needs on in the forward. Um, like in your bottom six, for example, someone like Patrick Maroon, I think, would be a great fit. Or he's, a, he's a guy that I would love to have. like I'm looking I was actually spending mm-hmm. the day like bits and pieces working on an assignment but I was also like it's one of those things where like I don't know if people can relate if they're if we have any students listening to us 
but like you're doing an assignment but then also like you have like other tabs open and you're like flipping to other tabs i was looking at players like physical players that the leafs could maybe bring back or bring into the fold what would you say to bringing matt martin back at like a dirt cheap deal not the deal that he was originally signed uh, to you, i'll tell you, you that you, you miss the point that i said dirt cheap I think I feel like his value's gotten up because he scored a couple goals in Eastern Conference Finals, and he scored. It made five. a bunch of, and it and it made a bunch of, uh, of uh, old Locked. school GMs a little horny for him. Okay, but I think in reality, okay, the only way he stays is if a Luke Lou loves him. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, and also like I'm sure like Kyle's gonna be like, listen, like we know you're, we know you're good, but like bro, like. Cool. It. You're not, we're not. You're not making two point five, and he's just gonna sit there like, okay. You can get him at like one to one and a half. Say, say why not? Yeah. Even less than one and a half. Do what Clifford did, or do what Spezza did. Like you're gonna have to do deals like that. Mm-hmm. And then like. Or how would you feel about? Okay, this would, he will only be on the fourth line and get power play time. But what about a Joe Thornton? No. I, I, I love Joe. His knees aren't what they used to be. I, I don't do it. Like, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like uh, like the Flames with... Uh, they Like, they signed Jerome Aginla, and Brian Burke was just like, yeah, we should not have signed Aginla. Like, or no... It was it was between signing Jerome Aginla and Yarmir Yager, and he went with Yarmir Yager because that was the hockey story of old man yells at cloud but scores goals still. Mm-hmm. And then y- Yager, I think, played like 15 games and then just like said, nah, I'm going back home to the Czech League. And he's killing it in the Czech League, which is hilarious. Um, but like, I'm looking at free agents now. Now, because you, you got me in... in uh, you got me in my feels, and now I'm looking at uh, uh, team or players that are. Uh, where's the UFA? Okay, so players that are sort of like cap hit. Yeah, like friggin' Dustin Bufflin. Like, Leafs Twitter was clamoring about Bobby Ryan yesterday. Like, listen, I love the guy. I would not mind having Bobby Ryan on my team, but I don't. I don't know. Oh, speaking of players that everyone and their and their mother wanted on on the team, why didn't you bring up good old? Why didn't you bring up the Wayne train? Good old East East Scarborough's finest. I mean, I don't. Uh, see, I'm on the fence with him. I feel like if you can get Patrick Maroon, who plays the same top, plays the same kind of game, if you can get him. Then you get him first, and then if let's say you can't get him or signs elsewhere, then you look at Simmons, just because Maroon is. Like, I don't want to put too much stock into this, but he he's like uh, he he just won the cup like two years ago, and I think that'd be good for these young guys to have someone on the team like that, along with on, on the forward side of things. The defense has Jake Muzzin, who, from what I hear, is like a fantastic leader in the locker room and has done a lot for the younger guys there on on defense, more specifically. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, like, also, I don't want to sound like a boomer, but Maroon's also a pair of fists if you need it. 
you know how sad it is knowing that Jason Spezza fought in a playoff, or not even a playoff game, technically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the non-playoff playoffs. Yeah, like, he's, like, I don't, obviously, fighting is something that you don't, that's not in the game anymore, not as much, but it's still nice to have, man. It's still yeah. nice to have someone like that who will, who will step up when you need it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you said, it was Jason Spezza in the playoffs. Imagine if that was Patrick Maroon. Yeah, that's, uh, I think, well, I mean, like, Maroon's an interesting name. And, like, uh, I don't know about you, but are you a little scared of uh, good old Nick Robertson getting uh, getting uh, his uh his nice welcome to the NHL, kid. Uh, yes, very worried. Mm-hmm. Protect that little boy with your life. I would put Maroon on a line with him, but not just for the fist. Like, Maroon's a player, too, man. Maroon's a player. Yeah. And he has also won a Stanley Cup in recent memories. Mm-hmm. It's not like back in the good... In the good old days of hockey, when they put <laughs> when they put Matt Sundin with uh, Ty Domi. Also, how do you th- I'm looking at the free agent list right now. To not know this, how about how about Josh Levo in that bottom six? Kyle Dubas would probably be like, Josh, the bad man is gone now. You want to come home? And he's probably just gonna sit there like. Okay. And he's someone that won't be too expensive either. From, yeah. There's famili- uh, familiarity if, there. I kind of like it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a possibility. What if... And this is, this is going on on a limb. What if the Leafs went out and got Max Domi? No, I don't want to give up assets for him. If he was a free agent, I'd say kick tires at it, but... Hey, he's an RFA. I mean, like, it's an option. It's an option. I don't know how true the rumors are of Montreal trying to to trade those rights away. Oh, they're not going to trade the rights away. They're going to trade Deneau and offer sheet Barzell. You just know it. You don't want to admit it yet. Okay, yeah. There's only one GM in the league who I think is bold enough to offer sheet someone t- two off seasons in a row, and that's definitely Mark Bergevin. Yeah, the best was like offer sheet. Everyone in the office, offer sheet, offer sheet, offer sheet, offer sheet, offer sheet, and then Mark Bergevin just like, "Hi, I'm here." <laughs> Remember like, oh. when uh, everybody was that one off season where everybody was going to get off offer sheeted and nobody did. That was two years ago. <laughs> mm. Actually, no. Uh, yeah, it was two years ago. No, no, it was last year. What do you mean? It was, was it? Out. Yeah, it was Marner, Meyer. Uh, there was another one that I'm forgetting. Oh, Line A, Connor, uh, Kachuk. That was this past offseason, yeah. Also, just imagine how fantastic a pairing of Radko, du- of Radko Gudis and Jake Muzzin would be. 
just obliterating anybody that crosses the blue line. <laughs> yeah. That's literally what it'll be. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Any other free agent targets? Um, I had one. Luke uh, Shen. How would you like to bring him back? He's going to win a Stanley Cup, I hope, tonight. Oh, so that means he'll be getting an extra million dollars to whatever team signs him. Uh, million? More like two. Come on. Someone's going to mm-hmm. throw money in. I read a rumor that, the, that Columbus called and checked in on Andreas Janssen. If Andreas Janssen was in a deal to get you David Savard, would you do it? That's not what's being rumored right now. I know. Okay, but what else would you call? What, what else would you ask for Columbus? Like, okay, let's look. Let's look down the list. You're not going to get Seth Jones unless, I, I'd get unless you give Anderson okay. if he's available. Okay, but I wouldn't. Well, then well, you would give up more, wouldn't you? Apparently, the rumor right now is Janssen for Anderson. I don't know about it being straight up, but that's apparently what the return is going to be. That's an okay. Deal. He brings that sandpaper that the Leafs lack. I'm trying to think of like other like okay, like there was another. I heard one person saying like Connor Murphy would be one that the Leafs would go after, and like I don't know. Um, I heard another one that uh, okay, everyone was talking about Damon Severson, and then apparently the Devils are like calling everybody now. Which uh, sure, why not? Uh, I heard. I heard they. I heard the Bruins want to trade Tory Krug's rights, which I don't think I've ever heard of that before. Um, there was another one that I had in my mind. Here's uh, a name. On free Mike agency. Matheson. Oh no. That trade was bad. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I had one. Uh, but say yours. See if we're the, see if they're the same. No, this is just me on cap friendly. I'm on the fifth page I, I, of their free agent list. Oh Christ. So hear me out. Bottom six. Give him a spot on the top power play unit. 37-year-old Ilya Kovalchuk. No. No? There's, there's only room for one spet, a one old guy here, and his name is Jason Spets. That's it. I don't know, man. You can get him for a league minimum along with Spetsa. No, I, I wouldn't do it. I don't know. That's intriguing to me. I know it's not what the Leafs need right now, but if you get them for league minimum, I say you do it. I would not do Andrew Hammond was on Buffalo this year? Jesus. Yep. Did not know that. Andres Borgman. How about the Leafs bring him back? <laughs> like Andres Borgman back for sure. He's left side, though. We're pretty... Set on the left side for D. Anyways, is that it for hockey talk? I believe that is it for hockey talk. I believe there's not that much. There's TFC who won their game the other night. Yeah. But, I mean, they're, they're kind of like stuck in purgatory, I guess you could say. Well, now their home field, when they're playing against their American opponents, is in Hartford. I don't know if you knew that. That's, I mean, Hartford, there's barely any, like, cases there. So, I mean, like, I understand from that. Regard. It's funny because they're, every time they score a goal, you guess, you know what song they play? 
Brass Bonanza. No, they don't. Shut yes, up. Yes, they do. Did they I actually? Am, I was watching the game last night. Josie off the door scored. And then you hear Brass Bonanza playing in the background. Oh, for the love of Christ. No way. It was it was amazing. Nice little tribute to Hartford Whalers. That's uh, that's really something. So does that mean that the Hurricanes are going to have a Whalers night? And they're going to have TFC involved? <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? It's something that can happen. Mm. What about... I, would, I would not. I would not go ahead <laughs> and uh, argue against it. All right. So, yeah, I guess we'll finish up. I'll finish up by saying, um, in case you guys uh, didn't see, I got retweeted by Elliot Friedman. Yeah, my. He's the famous one compared to both of us, man. Like, it's so funny, like, in hindsight. Like, here Joey is blowing up about uh, getting a Nick Robertson jersey. Um, there, uh, Then he gets uh, blown up because of the uh, the funny, uh, the funny uh, tweet he made, the quote tweet about Tony D'Angelo and... Uh, you know, here I am with, like, nothing. I mean, I hit 400 followers yesterday. You got to be bold, man. You got to be I, bold. I do have to be bold. That's that's the way that it is. got to sell. You can't also sell your soul to the devil, I guess. But, you know, it's not ideal. Speak from experience. Anyways. Um, yeah, so the reason why I got retweeted by Elite Friedman is because of a petition I tweeted for him about a school called Giant Steps, which might be getting shut down, unfortunately. Now, for you guys that don't know, Giant Steps is a school located in Thornhill, which is a school for kids with autism or people or children on the autism spectrum. And the YRDSB is doing some bad things, which might lead to the school getting shut down. So there's a petition online, which we will link along with the tweet of this episode coming out. If you want to sign it, everything helps. Um, Elliot Friedman signed it, and which is why it got retweeted. So every signature helps to do your part. And yeah, that's it. If you don't, if you want to take five seconds out of your day to do that, it would be yeah. very much appreciated. So, so what we're going to do, what me and Joey are going to do um, once the show is up, I'm assuming it will be up tomorrow, uh, which will be Tuesday. Um, Tuesday morning. As we will post some stuff in regards to our, uh, what's the word? It will be in the thread. Yeah, it'll be in our thread. We'll link to Joey's petition that you can sign. We'll link to my organization that I am uh, partnered with that you can uh, help donate to and raise awareness around uh, all that and more. Uh, is there anything else that you want to, well, I, I guess I'll plug Twitter that we are going to be tweeting out of uh, follow at Q underscore city roundup. Those tweets will be there. Uh, I will also be, tw- I also tweeted already on my personal account. Um, the It's pinned on my profile. The so petition. We'll, we'll Peter it out again through our, our, respected pages just so we can uh go ahead and uh share that with everybody Mm -hmm. 
And uh, any final thoughts, Matthew? No, I think it's pretty much it. All right. Yeah, that's about it for me, too. Got nothing else to say, so thank you for joining us on this episode. And we will see you uh, next time we record. I was about to say next week, but we've been very inconsistent. So, uh, Ever we feel like it in nap time, basically. Yes. Life is we're no longer in the stages of the pandemic we, where we are just sitting at home doing nothing. We have Got, some stuff to do now, yes. Yes. So, yes, we will see you next time. Goodbye.